we are live. I know it's been a while since we had another episode of the Dirk Boy Podcast, but my name is Rugged, and I am a dragon on the internet, and uh, I am going to be talking about the next episode of this podcast, which is episode six. We're going to be talking about Call of Duty, Call of Booty, whatever you want to call it, you know, Call of Duty, Fishy Duty. So, uh, yeah, it's a game series I still play. I know some people are like, why do you play Call of Duty still? It's, it's, oh god, it's over the top, there's so many bros on there, blah 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 blah, you know. Yeah, 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 I understand, I understand. Call of Duty, it's mostly talked about, people always talk about this game every single year, right? Everyone says it's dying. Everyone's said it's been dying for the past ten years, right? Well, if it's, <laughs> if it's taken that long to die, then, you know, something is going on, you know. So, uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about this game. We're going to be talking about various aspects of it in terms of, like, uh, campaign, multiplayer, third modes, my opinions about the game, the faults and other negatives and major positives throughout the whole thing, the history especially. So I'm going to get into that first. So once again, people, if you want to interact with this chat, go on to my Twitch and you could definitely interact in the chat. Or if you ever want to participate in a future episode, let me know. And we will voice chat either temporarily or throughout the entire episode for any topic, any topic in general. So I'm, I'm not the best speaker, you know, but I put myself out there. I mean, I have nothing to lose. So it's good for you to listen to something while you work or whatever you're doing. If you're ever bored, listen to my podcast. It's pretty cool. But um, anywho, yeah, so we're going to get into this topic right away. So Call of Duty. Now... For those who don't know the history, so back in 1998, there was a movie released. For those who haven't seen it, I definitely recommend you watch it. It is called Saving Private Ryan, right? World War II movie about soldiers going into combat. They go into D-Day, storm the beaches of Normandy, and they're given an assignment to get a soldier home because he lost three of his brothers, right? And it's similar to an instance, I believe it was World War One. I. I could look it up real quickly. Uh, World War One brothers. It was, uh, I believe it was, yeah, eight brothers who fought in World War One. I. I believe it was a ship. All the brothers were lost, right? And there was this, then they had to enact this new uh, I, rule, right? I'm not too familiar about it. But if any military members are serving and they're related, they can't all serve in the same unit. Because if all of them get wiped out, that's the entire family's bloodline just kaput. So, this is basically around that idea. Anyway, after the film was such a major success, right? Saving Private Ryan just, like, it broke records. It, it was monumentous. So, video game companies thought to themselves, you know what we could do? We could actually make a video game about this, Right? So on PlayStation 1, back I think around the same year, if not 1999 maybe, Medal of Honor was released. And it was a major hit. It was I never actually played the original Medal of Honor for PlayStation 1, right? And it, but over time, more game developers started jumping onto the whole bandwagon of World War II games. World War II was the big thing back then. And eventually, another series came to light later on. Medal of Honor was the biggest spotlight, right? We had Medal of Honor, the original for PlayStation. A bunch of other sequels actually only came out for PC. And it wasn't until, I think, 2004, I believe, maybe earlier than that. Or maybe it was 2003 or 2002. I remember uh, Medal of Honor finally hit consoles. Like, on, the, on like the GameCube and Xbox and all that. And, like, it was a chance for everybody to become 
engrossed in the whole World War II aesthetic when it comes to first-person shooters. Like, these were cinematic storylines being told, and it really got people interested in the whole events of history as in video game form. So, now, I, I know you're thinking, like, why am I talking about Medal of Honor? Am I supposed to be talking about Call of Duty? We'll get to that. So, after a while, developers from Activision wanted a piece of that pie. They wanted that World War II game. EA was getting all this money from World War II, so Activision thought, you know what, we need money too, because we're a business. So they got developers from a company called Infinity Ward. Uh, West and Zambella, That's the, the two lead developers, created this series called Call of Duty. And it was released in 2003, surprisingly, only on PC. Only on PC, it first released. And uh, I did play the campaign a long time ago. The campaign was pretty good. Like, the American campaign was all, like, you know, sneaking around here and there and then open battles. Uh, same thing with the British. But then the best ca- part of that campaign was, was the Russian the Russian campaign in Stalingrad. Oh, my God. <laughs> you, you want to talk about insane. But like I said, all of these, a lot of these World War II games were only on PC for a while. Even Call of Duty. And um, back then, everyone was more interested in the storyline. Multiplayer was kind of a second thing that people enjoyed. But it didn't really catch on until later on. Until like 2007. That's when multiplayer was huge. It was more so than the actual campaign. So Call of Duty, uh, yeah. It only had one expansion in 2004, I believe. And that was it. Like, it didn't have any multiplayer, new multiplayer maps, or I think it did, I'm not quite sure. But like I said, it wasn't the major thing back then. So it's pretty crazy how Call of Duty went from a PC exclusive, and it first released on Xbox in 2005 in the form of Call of Duty 2, not including little spin-offs here and there. Now, the first time I've ever encountered uh, Call of Duty, aside PC, I remember I was on a Navy ship and everyone was playing this uh, version of Call of Duty on console. It was called... Uh, Call of Duty Big Red One, I believe. It was for the GameCube, but it was also for Xbox and PlayStation and all that. Now, we know a little bit of the history of Call of Duty. It was a PC game, went to console. Now, when Call of Duty 3 came around, it was still World War II, and people were kind of getting bored of it. They're like, I don't know, like, we've we've had a bunch of World War II games for Medal of Honor. That kind of got stale. And then now Call of Duty is getting stale too. So is this the end of Call of Duty? I, I assumed so. I assumed after the third game, it really wasn't going anywhere. <laughs> so after a while, though, the developers realized this and said, you know what? You know what? We should go to modern age. So they went to Call of Duty Modern Warfare or Call of Duty 4 in 2007. And surprisingly enough, I never actually played it until about a month or two after it released. Because uh, I was I was more of a Halo fan back then, actually. When Before Call of Duty, like I played the campaigns, but I wasn't really interested in the multiplayer aspect until later on. So Call of Duty 4 finally released, and I got it around Christmas time. Yes, I was a Christmas noob in Call of Duty 4. I was, I was a complete noob in that game. Like, I played a lot of games before, but multiplayer for online shooters... You know, it wasn't really my main forte at the time. Like Call of like Halo 2 is one thing, but Call of Duty was much faster paced and it was a lot faster overall. And like there were times where I would just get annihilated. Now, when, now surprisingly enough, my multiplayer playstyle back in the day, I used to always just sit in the spot, go in the prone with a sniper rifle, right? 
and actually snipe people. I would take a position, and if anybody goes to a certain path, I cover people and I snipe people like crazy. Right? In fact, I almost got a golden Dragnov in Call of Duty 4. I almost completed the challenge. I kind of regret it to this day. But uh, I decided to hit the thing called Prestige, for those who don't know. Well, there's a lot of things. If you play Call of Duty, this might be the podcast for you. Because there's going to be certain things I explain that you probably be like, what the heck is he talking about? <laughs> so, Prestige is basically kind of an optional thing. It's like, hey, um, you're kind of bored with multiplayer. You've unlocked, unlocked everything. You want to go for Prestige? It erases all of your progress. But you get a little special icon to show off to people. That's pretty much it. <laughs> that was the only thing going for you. And um, I remember I hit Prestige and then never completed the Golden Dragonoff challenge. And, you know, it's something I kind of regret. But, eh, whatever. Water under the bridge. <laughs> so, you know, over the years, Call of Duty games, I think, in my opinion, throughout the years of Call of Duty, I think everyone considers the Golden Age of Call of Duty from... Call of Duty 4 all the way to probably Black Ops 2. From 2007 all the way to 2012, they consider that the golden years because we had the Modern Warfare trilogy, we had Black Ops 1 and 2, we had World at War. Great campaigns for some of them, right? But and multiplayer is where it was all at. It had the greatest advertisements, in my opinion. We had like the hype train, that is what we called it. The hype train was real for Call of Duty back in the day. Especially with the whole promotion of Mountain Dew and Doritos. <laughs> that lasted for a long time. And I made that it made those companies a lot of money. <laughs> so But I remember one of the best uh advertisements for Call of Duty was in uh I think one of them would have to be Modern Warfare 3, because I remember there was a it's not available now, but there was an elite Call of Duty Elite service. Yeah, it was, yeah, Call of Duty Elite, right? It was just called that. And you don't pay for Call of Duty Elite. Elite is basically your season pass. This was like the early form of a season pass. You you get the content early. You get the content regularly every month, which, by the way, kind of affected today, right? Because we have now we have seasons. But back then, if you wanted the maps early and every month to keep you like before being bored of the game, this is the th- this is the service you would get. Otherwise, if you didn't get it, you would just have to wait for all four maps to come out in packs. Now, it sounded good on paper, but the problem was that if you had Call of Duty Elite on a platform which didn't have any crossplay interact integrated with the whole game itself, you were fracturing the community. So, you yeah, you gain access to early access to a map and play with certain people, but your games are going to be laggier and there's going to be less people to find overall you had to wait until the map packs released in bundles and then more people would show up because i like i said it, it was an interesting idea but wasn't properly executed but uh i think a lot of people thought the dark ages of call of duty was from uh call of duty ghosts and then people hated the advanced movement games uh, they were kind of disappointed with World War II, even though that was kind of a return to form. Uh, what else? After World War II, there was Black Ops 4, which people were, again, disappointed. Yeah, it was futuristic. Yeah, it was boots on the ground again. But yeah, the specialists weren't everybody's uh, cup of tea, so to speak. <laughs> I think it started to gain more ground when we had Modern Warfare. A lot of people loved Modern Warfare 2019. 
it was a very clean Call of Duty game. It did bring a lot more realism to the actual franchise, which it, it's a re it was kind of like a revitalization of the whole system. It was a reinvigoration of what makes Call of Duty Call of Duty, right? They, they did a lot of research, especially in the campaign. There's a mission in Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2019 where you have to slowly enter this uh, apartment building and you go up these flight of stairs and you have night vision goggles on. Oh my God. Oh, I love that mission. It's so cool. And the embassy siege was insane as well. And for those who don't know, there was some inspiration from a movie called 13 Hours. It was about the Benghazi incident. Now, in that movie, they had soldiers, enemy soldiers moving through the bushes, but they couldn't see them at night. So they had to pop a couple of uh, mortars to fire some illumination rounds. And as soon as they saw them in the grass, they opened fire. And as soon as the darkness covered the entire landscape again, they stopped. And they had to wait for the whole area to be lit up again. So if you haven't seen 13 Hours, definitely watch it. It's worth it. It's a Michael Bay movie, but Michael Bay is very pretty much proficient in military-based movies. That's one of his biggest things. Transformers, not that much. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, eh. But if he does a military movie, oh god. <laughs> And that's what Modern Warfare really focused on. But anyway, so let's talk about what are my favorite campaigns and what are my favorite multiplayer titles, along with which ones are the worst. And trust me, my opinions are going to be very, very disagreeable. I've had lots of people completely... If, they, if people could hear my voice regarding what my favorite Call of Duty games were, which ones I thought were the worst, they would come at me with pitchforks and torches and freaking frozen hacky sacks or whatever i don't know they would, they would throw anything at me they would they would just destroy me <laughs> why do they say fro isn't hacky sacks i don't understand anyway that's how my mind goes right who would freeze a hacky sack i don't know i don't know <laughs> i just make stuff up as i go so okay campaigns if i had to choose my top three campaigns of all time well number one is definitely modern warfare 2 hands down modern warfare 2 now, the reason, well, there are lots of reasons. The storyline was amazing. We had great characters. We were very familiar with them. Uh, the music was absolutely brilliant. Uh, it was semi-conduct. Some of the songs came from Hans Zimmer himself, which, by the way, Hans Zimmer is the most epic composer for movie franchises altogether, right? He, he is absolutely amazing. Now, it was also mainly composed by Lorne Balf, I believe. Lorne Balf, B-A-L-F-E. Now, that was a duo because the music was just, oh my God, I love it. For those who don't know, Hans Zimmer also did music for Gladiator. And he also did music for, did he do the music for The Rock as well? Uh, or was it, was that Harry Gregson Williams? Let me check here. Uh, yeah, Hans Zimmer. And Nick Glenn Smith. Glenn Smith? I don't know. But yeah, Hans Zimmer. Oh, yes. If you ever watch the movies like The Rock and uh, Gladiator, you'll know his style. Harry Gregson Williams is very similar as well. But oh, my God, Hans Zimmer. I love Hans Zimmer. <laughs> but uh, oh, I won't spoil the uh, campaigns too much or anything like that. But it's just it was the only campaign. It was one of the last campaigns in the entire Call of Duty franchise that got people 
to assemble onto the official forums for Call of Duty and complain about a certain twist that happens halfway or so through the game. Something happens. People were absolutely pissed. This was like Game of Thrones effect, right? Everybody was just going crazy over what happens. And I'm like, if here's the, here's my opinion. That was a great twist. If the game is not making you react emotionally, it's not doing its job right. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 did just about everything right. Except the ending. The ending was a bit of a cliffhanger, but it really hyped us up for the sequel. Which, by the way, Modern Warfare 3 was probably my number two of all the campaigns. It was not as good as the first Call of Duty or uh Modern Warfare 2 wasn't as good as that one, but it did have a lot of action, Had still had good music, and it was a pretty good conclusion to the whole series and the whole franchise in general. Although, in my opinion, the ending was a bit fan fiction-y, you know, but eh, whatever. Ty Loose ends, you know, that's what we had to do. <coughs> oh, excuse me. Again, we'll edit things out, so you won't hear my coughing. And yeah, so, and number three for me would have to be... It's tough to say. I would say Modern Warfare 2019 would have been my number three, but I think I'm more in love with the original Modern Warfare, which was Call of Duty 4. Because Call of Duty 4, man, I mean, there were some missions that were pretty plain, some missions that were pretty short, but man, if you play as the SAS, oh my gosh, I loved it. The SAS pretty much stole the show. Yeah, you play as the Marines as well, but they were kind of sidelined. Because there was more emphasis on story and character development from the SAS perspective than there was with the Marines, right? Yeah, something crazy happens with them too, but ultimately it's the SAS. Especially one of the craziest and best missions was the, it was I believe it was called Death from Above. Now, during the campaign in Call of Duty 4, there was a mission where you are not shooting from the ground. You are basically piloting well not really piloting you're you're a gunner for an ac-130 and that's a gunship and there was heavy inspiration of that mission from an actual real life video that you could see on youtube involving an actual firing mission on enemy territory and i bet i bet i'm pretty sure these developers did some research watched that video multiple times and that's their inspiration for that whole thing. That's why you always keep hearing people say, clean up that signal, or clear up that signal. Because you, you hear that in the actual YouTube video. Oh, I loved it. It was so, like, wow. You really thought you were part of the military when you, pl- you were playing that. Well, technically, I was part of the military. And um, the AC-130 was a really eye- real eye-opener. Because, oh my gosh, I'm like, wow. You know, if I, I was actually dedicated enough to do it i could have probably been on an ac-130 gunship if i had the proper training for it and the knowledge to do so but yeah i was artillery so what are you gonna do now in terms of the worst campaigns i've ever played for call of duty i would have to say black ops 3 definitely i i can rant about black ops 3 the whole time so the campaign for black ops 3 right black ops 1 of course, you had, it was uh, 1960s, it was Cold War, Vietnam, and Black Ops 2 continued the events in the, like I think, early to mid-80s, but it was also futuristic as well, so you got two perspectives. And then the third one takes place in the distant future without any mentioning of 
any characters from the first two games. Now, part of me thinks that Black Ops 3 was originally not supposed to be Black Ops 3. This is a theory, so I may be wrong here. I think the developers were going to try to make a brand new game, right? I think they were going to try to call it something like Dark Ops or whatever. But due to the negativity involving uh, Advanced Warfare, they had to have a familiar name so that the game can make sales. Because if they made an original title that was futuristic, it probably would not have garnered that much attention. So they changed the name of the game to Black Ops 3. And... They said to themselves, well, we already finished the campaign and we were going to make this an original title and it has nothing to do with the first two games. How are we going to link this to the previous two? So the developers were like, let's add a voice line. Let's mention the villain from Black Ops 2 for a couple seconds. That's it. That's your connection between Black Ops 3 and Black Ops 2. That's it. (laughs) The whole campaign for Black Ops 3 was just... Just nonsense. Like, you didn't care about the characters. You didn't know what the heck was going on. I didn't even know what happened at the end. Apparently, there was a big shocking twist at the end, but I'm like, I kind of missed it. If the game really wanted me to be shocked about the ending, build up properly towards that conclusion. Because I was... The game was building up to nothing, essentially. The only good thing I would say Black Ops 3 did was the music. The music was actually pretty damn good. But other than that, that campaign was absolutely terrible. Terrible, terrible campaign. Uh, let's see. What other campaign was pretty bad? Uh, I would say a pretty bad campaign, in my opinion, was probably Vanguard. I mean, Vanguard had potential. You know, we had the Stalingrad mission, which is pretty cool and all, but... um, Yeah, Vanguard was... It it tried, but it, it tripped a lot along the way. <laughs> it was like, what's going on? I mean, it was mostly just backstories of the characters. That was it. You would think the whole game would have had some flashbacks here and there, but, the, but then the majority of it would be this group trying to work together and solve their differences to have more of these missions together. The only missions you had together was the very beginning, and the end. That was it. Everything else is just a. Everything else is just like a, essentially like a lead up of all the characters and how they came to be. Which I mean, it's okay from time to time, but I think they could have done a lot better with that campaign. Ugh, voice crack. <laughs> but yeah, the um, I can't really think of any other bad campaigns. I mean, everyone says Black Ops was a great campaign. I thought Black Ops was okay. It had some moments here and there, but um, not trying to spoil it too much, but it essentially was Fight Club. If you have seen Fight Club, you'll probably know the twist at the end, but it didn't really make too much of an impact for me. That's just my opinion. So, uh, yeah. So, here's the meat and veggies of the whole entire conversation. So, what is my favorite multiplayer game? That is going to be very controversial because people are not going to like my response. My favorite multiplayer game, in my opinion... For Call of Duty, get ready for it. Ready for it? Call of Duty Infinite Warfare. I know. People are going to be like, what the hell? Why are you choosing that game? That game sucked. Look on YouTube. It has the most dislikes for any Call of Duty trailer you've ever seen. Yeah, I understand. 
because it was a meme to dislike the video because people were getting tired of the futuristic setting. So, sadly, Infinite Warfare was never, people never tried it. People never gave it a chance. Some people just saw the trailer and just disliked it, and that was it. They didn't try the campaign. They didn't try the multiplayer. They were just going online to see what other people were saying about it. And they just relied on other people's opinions and not their own, which was kind of a tragedy. Now, when it comes to Infinite Warfare's campaign, I liked it. I liked it. It wasn't strong, but it was good. It had some good characters, good villains. Uh, I love the flying sections, by the way. They were amazing. It was just a different Call of Duty game. Instead of it being on the ground all the time, or World War II, or somewhat in the future, we actually got to go to space. We got to visit different planets, experience different things, like uh, a planet where it's a meteor, essentially, slowly rotating, and if you're in the sunlight, you'll burn to death. And that's a pretty cool aspect of the whole campaign. I think one of the biggest shocking things about Infinite Warfare was the fact that pretty much, well, it essentially was like a ham, uh, a Shakespearean Hamlet novel. You know, it was. If you read Hamlet, you'll know what you'll know what's ca- going to happen with all the characters. But it was a good campaign. I liked it. I mean, like I said, it wasn't perfect, but had a good villain. You know, the guy, uh, what's his name, Kid Harrington, guy who played Jon Snow from uh, Game of Thrones. He was the main villain. He was pretty good. Can't believe they actually got him to do that. Now, as for multiplayer, multiplayer for me was very smooth. I loved it. It, It's like it was the smoothest advanced movement game in the trilogy of advanced movement games. You had Advanced Warfare. That's number number two. Uh, Black Ops 3, I didn't like that much. It was like a very clunky advanced movement game. Whereas Infinite Warfare, it was just so smooth. It looked great too, right? The sound effects for the weapons were amazing. Uh, The specialists or... Uh, combat rigs, as they were called, they were kind of a not. Uh, they weren't that not as annoying compared to Black Ops Three. Uh, but like I said, I don't know. Overall, I like the I love the multiplayer, and it was it still had a season pass and all that. It still had weapon variants, which people didn't like. But to be honest, there weren't very many weapon variants in that game that were overpowered. Everyone will talk to me and be like, "No, man, there there was an assault rifle with infinite range." Yeah. And it already had, like, almost maximum range anyway. All you had to do was throw on an attachment, and you pretty much get the same exact thing. Infinite range doesn't mean much when most of the maps were pretty much small to medium size anyway. So, I don't really get that. Now, there were some variants in that game that were kind of overpowered. You had, like, a machine gun that became, like, a two-shot kill, but it slowed its fire rate down. So, there was kind of a trade-off with that. And, um, but I like some of this. I didn't really use the variants that much. Unless the variants were heavily changed because of it. For example, I remember there was a shotgun variant where it changed the uh, the spread into a slug. And that was pretty cool. Or there was a variant where it was an assault rifle and it splits into two guns, like these two pistols. And there was a variant where instead of fully automatic pistols that you could dual wield, they became semi-automatic shotguns. Yeah, they were weak as anything, but if you were up close to somebody... Whew, you wipe them out instantly. So there again, there was a trade-off for it. That's why I like that game better. Because, like I said, the variants weren't that overpowered. There were some variants. Of course, if you have a variant and it's going to give you a benefit, people are going to use it. But you weren't at such a severe advantage from using certain variants. Uh, now, 
Advanced Warfare kind of pushed that envelope a little bit, but overall, I didn't really blame the variants for the reason why I lost, right? I always just mainly use the, the base variants because I didn't need extra help. I wanted to prove to people that you could do well regardless of what weapon you use, base version or legendary. It didn't matter. It was all about you, the independent player who was able to utilize whatever weapons were given. And that's what I liked. So, uh, I mentioned Advanced Warfare. Advanced Warfare was definitely a second place for me. I know, I liked all the van- I liked most of the Advanced Movement games, except uh, Black Ops 3. I, hate- I didn't like Black Ops 3 that much. Uh, but yeah, Advanced Warfare, oh my gosh. It took me a while to get used to the multiplayer movement in that game. And it was just like, because you were, con- you were, in the original Call of Duty games, all you could do was run and dolphin dive and crouch. In this game, you could slide farther, you could double jump, you can boost dodge on the ground and in midair, you can jump in the air and quickly, like, pretty much like, comet yourself straight down, land on somebody and kill them, which is pretty neat. <laughs> It took me a while to get used to the movement for that game, but I I liked it overall. It was fast-paced, as anything. Now, a lot of people hated the game because they thought that the advanced movement was too quick. Personally, I thought they were just not that good at the game. They couldn't look up. (laughs) Because, I mean, I I could see somebody fly into the sky. I'll just back up a little bit, jump in the air with them, and kill them. it It took a little bit getting used to the controls, but once you got used to it, you were all over the place. Same with everybody else. Now, some people move faster than others, but that was the time to actually adapt and overcome. Whatever happened to the Call of Duty community anyway, right? Everyone tells you if you're not that good at the game, you just adapt, you get better at the game, and eventually you'll be good just like them. But now, in in 2015, people were just at this level of... No, we can't compete anymore. These people are moving too fast. I can't play this game. I, the, the game, the game shouldn't be advanced movement anymore. And uh, oh, uh, this a skill based matchmaking shouldn't be a thing. That's when, that's 2014 was when people really started to hate the whole algorithm. Which it's a different topic altogether. I made a whole video about it. But uh, yeah, advanced warfare. I remember one of my favorite things about that game was in the DLC they eventually released a weapon called the blunderbuss. Yes, a blunderbuss, like the old trumpet-looking shotgun, right? And it's you literally just you pour the powder into the the you know the front end of it. You throw down the shot in there. You ram it in with a stick, and you fire one shot. One shot can pretty much kill anybody instantly at a certain range, but it took so long to reload it. Now, for me personally, I thought that was the most fun weapon. Because I would just, I would blast somebody with it, reload it while I'm jumping around, avoiding gunfire, and then when I'm all reloaded again, I come back the other direction, see another opponent, and blast him. (laughs) That thing was so ridiculously powerful. It was so disadvantaged. It was such a, it was such a disadvantage to use it, because the reload time was literally like, what, three and a half to four seconds. So you blast some guy, you have to wait another four seconds to reload, and then you could do it again. Whereas everybody else would just use automatic weapons, and they can reload in like every second. (laughs) Oh man, good times, but you know, that was just me. That was was, was my bread and butter with the whole thing. Uh, I guess uh, 
third place for my favorite multiplayer would have to be Black Ops 2. Now, Black Ops 2, it essentially was a really good, aesthetically pleasing multiplayer game for the time. Treyarch really learned from their mistakes from World at War and uh, a little bit from Black Ops 1, right? They didn't have, like, second chance or anything like that. There was no death streak still. The only thing I complained about with Black Ops 2 was that the score streaks were a little overpowered, right? Just the rewards that you get. Once you get, like, VSATs or dogs or swarms and all that, you basically won the game. You basically won because there was no big counters against it. There were, but (laughs) when do people go after streaks? (laughs) But Black Ops 3 introduced something amazing, which sadly hasn't been in a few recent Call of Duty games. Well, it has been. Cold War had it, but score streaks, right? Now, I'm not talking about the score streaks from Black Ops Cold War. I'm talking about classic, proper score streaks. This was introduced in Black Ops 2, 2012. It was revolutionary. So... Before that, we always had kill streaks. So essentially, it's like, hey, you want airstrikes? You want uh, UAVs and all that? Earn kills without dying. So people asked, well, what if we play objectives? Well, if you play objectives, you're going to win the match. But do we get rewards? Nope. You have to get kills. So then score streaks came in and said, hey, you want to earn points for your kills? Yeah. Okay. Oh, and what if we play objectives? Well, guess what? You're going to get rewarded too. Oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> and I loved it. It promoted people to jump on flags, to secure uh, tags and kill confirmed and all that. It promoted more objective play so that with a little bit of risk, you can earn your rewards much faster. And the people who are actually constantly risking their lives, despite being uh, dead from objective pursuits because let's face it nobody helps you out your point values are going to be heavily increased because of it and for me for myself i was earning my streaks quite often because i would constantly jump on domination flags and capture them and the good part about that too was if you get kills defending your objectives or securing objectives your point values were so heavily increased for doing it so, like, again, it was a risk and reward factor. You take risks and you get major rewards out of it. We haven't had a Call of Duty in a long while that did that. Black Ops Cold War had score streaks in it, but they were mostly based on kills and kill streaks, right? That's If you wanted some objective uh, work to be done and you wanted some rewards for it, the game would barely give you any. If you were going for your kills you would get pretty much all of the rewards very quickly, which I didn't like that much. <laughs> but despite despite uh, Cold War's uh, negativity, I did like that multiplayer quite a bit. If they had just had classic score streaks, it would have been much better. But anyway, going on to Black Ops 2. Now, the game looked great. It sounded great. It played great. It had a lot of good ideas for it. It still holds up to this day as one of the favorites. Again, the score streaks were a little overpowered, and the, there was no infinite sprint in that game, which was another big downfall, but overall, I liked it. Um, yeah, un- another unpopular opinion. Yeah, I did like Cold War. I liked Cold War as well. It was a pretty smooth, boots-in-the-ground game. I really did. I really did like it. I don't care what people say. <laughs> 
Now, like I said, if they had just fixed the score streaks, it would have been a lot better. It probably would have been my number three, but that's just me. Now, when it comes down to the multiplayer aspect of Call of Duty in terms of what games I hated, oh boy, oh boy, this is going to cause a lot of controversy, but one of my hated Call of Duty multiplayer games was Modern Warfare 2. Yes, I said it. Modern Warfare 2 was one of the worst Call of Duty games I played for multiplayer. Didn't like the game that much for multiplayer. It had some good ideas, I'll give it that. We had selectable kill streaks. We had pro perks. We had more attachments for our weapons. And some interesting other ideas. But the game was more experimental than anything, right? We still had stopping power. But we also had death streak. Love the campaign. Didn't do a very good job with multiplayer in terms of what Infinity Ward did. Let's reward you for it and cause inconvenience to others because of it. I mean, I understand, like, there are some bad players that need some help to keep them in the match, but one should not be punished for another's misfortunes. Works good on paper, but not in terms of execution. It was a terrible idea for score streaks, or uh, it was a terrible idea for death streaks in general. It was just bad. <laughs> so, um,. Uh, the biggest thing about that game I hated, it launched with a lot of glitches. There are people doing this glitch where they get a rocket launcher, right? And they do, they fiddle around with it. And what they do is that they run around with this rocket launcher at top speed and try to melee people with it. If you kill them, the rocket automatically launches when they die and it blows everybody up. You're basically, they became a suicide bomber. That's that I'm like, that, that is ridiculous. They did fix it. But then there are people exploiting a glitch, which let them have infinite care packages. That was another big one. People were getting under the map. People are rising above the map somehow. But aside the glitches and uh, other aspects of the game that were pretty terrible, the hacking that occurred during the life cycle, which we'll get into later, within the game itself, there was a lot of broken features, such as infinite grenade launcher ammo. Yeah. So... There were two perks called One Man Army and Danger Close. So One Man Army replaced your secondary weapon for a backpack. Once you switch to that backpack, it lets you choose a custom class. And you could swap to any class you wanted to. So if you were running around with a submachine gun and realized there were some people far away, swap your class to a sniper. Pull out your sniper and take those people out. Simple. Well, that was the idea. However, people realized that if you switch to a class, you get all your ammo back. So they got an assault rifle with a grenade launcher. And then they would switch to one-man army, switch to the same class they're currently using, and get their grenade launcher ammo back. Now, they also equipped a perk called Danger Close, which amplified explosive damage. Put two and two together. Infinite grenade launcher ammo that's doubled in strength. That's a recipe for disaster. And people were becoming human mortars. They would just fire them into the sky and land at a specific area on the map. So there are people who would do this too. They would play on this map called Wasteland, which I hated that map. They would start the match, know exactly... Where to shoot this uh, grenade launcher. 
And as soon as people got to a certain spot, they fire this grenade, and it kills, like, multiple people. And they do this indefinitely until they get their streaks. And the problem with Modern Warfare 2 streaks was that if you called in a Predator missile, and that gets a double kill for you, that stacks towards your next streaks. So people would get, like, a Predator missile, then that would stack towards a Harrier, then the Harrier would get kills, and it would stack towards a Pavlo. Or sometimes people would just get seven kills, or six, to get the Harrier, then they get a Chopper Gunner, and then they get the worst streak in the game called the Tactical Nuke, which is if you get 25 kills without dying, you end the game. You end the game and you win. Instant win. Even if you were losing, you win. Dumbest idea for Call of Duty. Ever. I don't care what people say. Dumbest idea. I understand that it feels good to earn nukes. I've earned nukes a couple times. Yes, I know. It feels good. It feels good to be dominant. You want to, like, destroy the enemy and rub it in their face. I understand. I, 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 I feel the same way. However, I don't like the nuke because it destroys the aspect of what the game mode is, right? The whole point of the game mode is to play the objective and you win. It's no fair for a team to play the objective and still lose because somebody on the opposite team wasn't playing the objective and not caring about victory, only about themselves. I don't understand how somebody not directly playing an objective can win for their team. I don't understand that. That's that's like that's like you get two football teams, right? But one football team is losing very terribly. But despite that, they're still going to win because their cheerleading squad was hotter than the other cheerleading squad. It doesn't make sense. (laughs) But games are still doing it, not because it's a good system. They're doing it because people are nostalgic for it. That's why we have Modern Warfare reintroducing the nuke. That's why we have Call of Duty Vanguard reintroducing the v2 rocket which people still call a nuke which it's not a nuke the only nuclear devices used in world war ii were fat man and little boy in japan i don't understand why people keep calling it a nuke it's a v2 rocket get it right (laughs) but i hated the nuke it was the worst thing ever i can rant about modern warfare 2 all day but i'm not gonna go too far into it but yeah i hate the modern warfare 2 now, the same thing goes for World at War multiplayer. I This is another big one. People are going to hate me too. I did not like World at War campaigns. Or not campaigns. Uh, the campaign was great. Multiplayer. That's what I meant to say. World at War multiplayer was... Ugh, it lacked inspiration. It felt like a Call of Duty 4 modification to make it World War 2. That was it. Not a lot of effort. The perks were pretty terrible. The graphics were pretty bad. The weapons, oh my god, ew, ew. You listen to the weapon sound effects in World at War and compare them to future games? Jesus. <laughs> when I say future games, I mean like World War II and Vanguard. Like, compare the sound effects of World at War weapons versus those two games. There's a big difference. It's light, it's night and day. World at War, World at War was like, it sounded terrible. They sounded like cap guns you would get from a 7-Eleven. It was just, ugh, it sounded fake. <laughs> Whereas the other ones were more punchy and pretty, a lot more realistic overall, in my opinion. But World of War also suffered because they had these gigantic maps. And they had, and it was, they were, they were big because you had tanks. 
you get into these tanks and you just go on a huge killing spree. It was like, hey, free kill streak. Here you go. Jump in the tank. I understand people could take them out. You could fire rockets into it or put a satchel charge underneath of it, which is the best way to do it. But there were times when I wasn't even good at Call of Duty back then, right? I would get into a tank and go on like a 10 killing spree. Easy. Because no one knew how to take them out. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> what is this game? Ugh. I mean, ugh, I, didn't, I didn't like it that much. It, World at War, I mean, it's classic, but ugh, I didn't like it. It just didn't play very well. <laughs> Now, if we're talking about, uh, now when it comes to Call of Duty, favorite Call of Duty games, everyone asks, what's your favorite Call of Duty? For me, that's always a three-part qu uh, question. It's always the campaign, multiplayer, and third mode, which we're about to get into. So, third mode for Call of Duty is essentially something that's not campaign or multiplayer. Uh, for this specific case, it's going to be zombies. So, best zombies experience ever? That's a tough one. It's a very tough one. I wasn't into zombies for the storyline. There wasn't really much of a storyline. Because this is another controversial opinion, but if the game really wanted me to be focused on a zombie storyline, then tell it properly. As in, don't hide it behind these stupid Easter eggs. If you wanted to tell me a story, give me the objectives. Let me understand it. If you want Easter eggs, make it optional that doesn't interfere with the storyline, and it's just for fun. For example, flushing a toilet three times plays a music track, or interacting with something plays a music track, or you might get a secret scene that really kind of, it doesn't affect anything, but it's fun to see. If zombies wanted me to be engrossed in the story, like I said, give me the objectives. Don't hide it behind obscurity. But, uh, yeah. So, that, so in terms of my favorite... Now, this might be controversial, too. I'd say one of my favorite zombies experiences would have to be Advanced Warfare. Again, the Exo Zombies was actually pretty fun. I liked it. Now, the main reason why is because I'm a little biased here, so I apologize for this. The main reason was because around Season 2, or was it Season 3, you actually got another character to play as, which was the legendary actor, Bruce Campbell. Most people don't even know who he is today, but he is the main character for the Evil Dead series. Bruce Campbell. You know, he's the guy who got his right hand chopped off and he replaced it with a chainsaw. That guy. Ash Williams. He is a brilliant actor. I love him. He plays in a lot of uh, B-movies or shows you probably never heard of before, but my gosh, if you ever see him and you see the way he acts, he's amazing. <laughs> so that's why I'm a little biased, because as soon as I saw him in the game, I'm like, best, best zombies experience ever. Best zombies experience ever. Now, I did the Easter eggs for that game because everyone else knew what to do. But, you know, it wasn't a major storyline to the point where it was so overly complicated like Treyarch games were. But, I mean, it was alright, for the storyline's sake. I liked the action in that game, and there was actually some pretty challenging moments. So, in that game, you get your exosuit, which is the best thing ever, because you could jump over zombies, right? The problem with that game was that you get those zombies that are electrified, and they EMP your exosuit, which is terrible. Because once they shut down your exosuit temporarily, and you get swarmed, that's it. You're dead. <laughs> 
It had some challenging moments, but it was pretty cool. I'd say another good zombies experience, for my, in my opinion, was Infinite Warfare. Uh, I remember... The, uh, I liked how the fact that every zombies map was different. You had a new movie. You had the first map taking place in a carnival during the 80s. And then you had another taking place in the in the 90s, another 70s, and then futuristic, right? Which is... I liked it. It had different... Uh, ver- it had a lot of variety with Infant Warfare Zombies, and I liked it. I especially loved how the villain was voiced by Paul Rubens. For those who don't know, that's Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> I loved it. I was like, Pee Wee Herman was in this? I was like, wow. <laughs> oh, man, good times. But if we're talking about my favorite thing of all time, it's a not it's not zombies. My favorite thing was in Call of Duty Ghosts when they introduced Extinction, which... Infinity Ward, please bring Extinction back. I don't want zombies. I want aliens. Bring them back. I loved it because Extinction was what I wanted. They told you a story, but they gave you objectives. And if you were skilled enough, you can get to the end of the objective, defeat the boss, and you are told a story. That's what I loved. And they also had character classes too. So, you could have somebody become a tank, take all the damage. You had another guy who did all the damage dealing. You had healers, all this other stuff. I love that, right? I, see, I was always the healer. Typically the healer, if not the tank. I was the kind of person who's like, okay, oh, you're down here. Here's some vests for you. Oh, you're down here. Let me revive you really quickly. Boom, done, 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 done. Really quick, really quick. And it was just, it, it, it brought a lot of teamwork because you, you now had to coordinate with what you had to do, you had to strategize a bit before going to the next objective. Because if you didn't strategize, you were good as dead. You were you were just wiped out. And the game was the game mode itself for Extinction was challenging. You had a lot of different monsters you had to kill. Some were tougher than others, but man, you could get overwhelmed in that game. But the fact of the the fact is that I just loved Extinction because it was simple for the storyline. But it was also robust in the character classes and the challenge. And that's what I really liked about it. I know some people might say, you know, classic zombies was the best. And, you know, I agree. There were some classic moments in zombies I really liked. But again, zombies focus too much on Easter egg quests. And if you didn't look up a guy, you didn't know what the heck was going on in the story. Yeah, granted, there were some really cool uh, maps. You had the uh, Alcatraz map. Um, personally, I was a big fan of the Titanic one from Black Ops 4. Like, Treyarch does some good zombies maps. They they can make some pretty good uh, environments. But again, the storyline. What storyline? I didn't really, uh, I didn't really get into it. <laughs> so, but yeah, um, in terms of other things, now people ask, now, what about Warzone? What about Battle Royale? Personally, I was actually a bit more of a fan of Blackout. I played more Blackout than Warzone because Blackout had a better map, in my opinion. I didn't like the way their system worked in terms of like items because you find a weapon, and, and Warzone is simplistic. You just drop down, you find your weapons, you find your ammo, you find your armor, and you're good. Whereas in Blackout, you grab your weapons, but you can also grab perks that you can use, individual attachments... You had to grab a backpack to carry more stuff. Uh, even when you're picking up all this ammo, you were still limited on your inventory space. You constantly had to go in your inventory itself to manage it. 
managing your inventory in a battle royale, not a good way of doing things. They should have simplified it a bit more, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> uh, yeah. Now, when it comes to the Call of Duty community itself, ah, the bigger the community, the more toxic it's going to be. Let's just face it. Call of Duty community is very toxic. Very toxic. So much to the point where one of their best memories of Call of Duty is the trash talking. Yeah. There are people out there who think trash talking and quote or quote being social in Call of Duty, it's another way of saying it, was the best thing about the game and they should bring it back by having maybe even forced game chat. So if I go into a game and I want to talk to friends on Discord, the game should force me to not talk in Discord and force myself in the game to interact with other people. I'm not going to interact with younger kids who talk about how many times they fornicated with my mother. I'm not going to talk to people who are in their teens or adulthood and delivering to me every single curse word they could think of whilst also in insulting my mother. You think I'm going to interact with that community? Now, people were wondering, what happened to Social Call of Duty, right? What happened to the trash talkers? Well, my guess is this. People grew up and they got tired of it. So they stopped talking. That's the reason why. It's not, it's not the developers doing something. It's not skill-based matchmaking. It's you. As in the community. You were the ones who, told who basically convinced everybody, I'm not going to talk to you anymore. If I'm going into a game and I say hi, and the first thing I hear are people screaming in my ear, telling me to shut up, what's the point of talking? So that's why whenever I play Call of Duty, for the most part, I will just hit my F11 key on my keyboard, and it just mutes the chat entirely. It's best not to hear them, it's best not to interact with them, and curiosity will just lead you down a spiral. Sometimes, very rarely, I'll turn it on just to get their reactions, but I won't interact. Because, again, what's the point? Now, everyone tries to convince you to interact with Call of Duty members by saying, oh, well, you mute, you mute, you mute, vo yeah. you mute voice chat? Well, uh, the, I think you have some thin skin, you know, because uh, you got to go into voice chat and, like, interact with people. And if they call your names, you know, just, like, deal with it and stuff like that. It's like, no, it's basically trying to get people to trash talk more victims, essentially. We don't want to hear you. I'm just going to say that right now. We don't want to hear you. And that's one of the best things I ever did. <laughs> but um, Call of Duty also has the aspect of... Now, I, again, I made a video about this. They think that the game is not fun anymore. And I'm like, okay, well, what's not fun about Call of Duty? You go in, you compete. You shoot each other. It's fast-paced. What more do you want? And people are like, well, man... um, Oh, see, uh, uh, Call of Duty like needs to be like okay, I'm, I'm doing my I'm trying to do my best Trump impression, but Trump if Trump played Call of Duty he'd be like this. Hey Trump, uh, what do you think of uh, Call of Duty? Well, here's the thing: it's a total disaster because the game should be casual, right? I should not have to go against sweat lords. I shouldn't have to sweat myself, you know. I just want to come home from work and sit down on the couch and relax with the game because nobody should be trying hard in public matches. You know, if they want to try hard, go to ranked matches because that's what the whole point of it is. <laughs> and people will say this too. I don't understand. Like, 
Okay, ranked and public matches. I mentioned this before. The only difference between the two is that ranked has more restrictions. Ranked has ma certain map rotations for certain modes. Public matches has no have no restrictions. That's it. There's no ranked mode is supposed to be for tryhards, and public matches are supposed to be for casual players. Nobody made that rule. There's no official rule to that. But people still think that is the case. They think public matches are supposed to be easy mode. Ranked matches are supposed to be hard mode. They'll try to deny it, but that's what they're saying. I don't understand that. <laughs> Call of Duty, when it comes to being casual in Call of Duty, that's something that we have to establish. As in, our mindset. Casual for me is playing Call of Duty, winning or losing. It doesn't matter. The point is, I can enjoy myself while still being able to compete. Being able to compete, that's the whole point of Call of Duty, is competition. I don't care what people say. Competition. That is the bread and butter of multiplayer. If you don't like it, leave it. Simple. If Call of Duty is too stressful for you, that's not your game. If you want to relax, play a relaxing game, go to VR and look at some clouds, play Minecraft and build stuff. And uh, create, and cre what do you call it? Uh, the one where you float around, create mode or whatever you call it, creative mode. Do that. Call of Duty is not a stress reliever unless you're a very unique individual who has stress relief from winning and losing because you love the game so much that you don't care. If that's what you do, then that, hey, good on you, as long as you're not complaining about it. But I hate when people go in Call of Duty and say the game needs to be casual. It's like, what do you need for casual gameplay? Bad opponents. When, are, when, when should opponents bend over for you? Just so that you can have fun. Why should your opponents be lesser skilled than you are? So that you can have fun. That's not how the game works, man. I mean, there are times when the skill levels will be all over the place. Granted, because again... Connection takes priority. You'd be surprised how many people don't believe that. <laughs> but there's actual solid proof of it. But you know how the Call of Duty community is. They're, they're going to fight tooth and nail to tell you that the game should be relaxing. It should be fun. The definition of fun for them is always winning, always doing the best. Even if it means trashing the new players, so be it. Why do you think they praise Christmas time? Christmas noobs. That's the best time of the year for them. Well, not anymore, because the algorithm got stronger. Well, they say it got stronger, but here's the thing. We don't know if it got stronger. We don't know. The only thing that, the only people who, that know, the only people that know, sorry, I gotta repeat myself here. The only people who know if the algorithm became stronger are developers or people who talked to developers. You may think that feeling a difference constitutes evidence, but it's not. Your feelings don't count as evidence. I'm sorry to say that, because personal opinions can differ from person to person. One person can say that advanced warfare is sweaty. Another person can say, no, advanced warfare is easy. That, that those different opinions 
cannot constitute evidence. The only evidence that I need is verification from developers. And the only thing I've gotten from developers when it comes to uh, the so-called strengthening of SBMM is optimizing it more. Now, it's not entirely... Optimization does not entirely mean strengthening. It can mean a variety of things, such as making sure people are not exploiting certain stats so that the algorithm can detect whether or not they're exploiting. It could be more like uh, including more variables to establish better connections. A variety of things. But we don't know. Right? Now, I'm going to leave this on a positive note here. Now, Call of Duty, it is a very popular franchise. It's made billions upon billions of dollars every year, right? People love it. I love it because it's a fast-paced game. It really makes me focus. And I just love... I just like guns in, call, in like video games, right? Like shooting things like targets or people in a game doesn't correlate to me in real life, obviously. I'm not going to be doing that stuff in person unless you're one of those people who think that video games causes you to be more violent, which is not true. But it, it's just, personally, it is a stress reliever for me. You know, there are some games where it's like, yeah, I get my ass kicked and I'm not having a good time. Yeah, granted. But I understand that if anything like that happens, it's my fault. And I should also expect it to happen because it's kind of like going into a casino, right? If you're going to gamble, you're going to lose. You might win. But if you're expecting to always win and then you end up always losing, you're not going to have a good time. Uh, what's, what's, the ter- what's the term that Kratos says in God, in God of War? Keep your expectations low and you'll never be disappointed. You know, that's what I do sometimes. I, I, I come into a match thinking that, well, I may not win. But when I do win, hey, that good news for me. And <laughs> little uh, side note, Call of Duty, I've always played it on console. All the way until 2019. When I found out that Modern Warfare was going to go cross-play, I was like, okay, that's it. That's it. I'm going on PC. <laughs> and surprisingly enough, despite that, I was always using controller. Controller was being used throughout Modern Warfare and Cold War. And it wasn't until the other half of Cold War where I decided, you know what, maybe I should get used to mouse and keyboard. It was frustrating. It took a little bit of time to get used to mouse and keyboard. I was playing mouse and keyboard for other games, but not for Call of Duty. Because for Call of Duty, since I played that FPS more often than anything else, I was more just I was just more comfortable with controller. I mean it's gonna happen considering I played Call of Duty 4 from 2007 all the way to 2020 with a controller. It's going to be a little hard to switch to a keyboard and a mouse. But in due time, I got used to it. Now I now I can't realize how I used a controller. <laughs> I play I try to play these games with a controller and I'm like, "Oh god, no, I I, I need a mouse and keyboard." <laughs> and I mean it happens, you know, so it's just a preference in my opinion, but you know, we all have our we all have our ways of playing the game. You know, there are people that are really good with the controller. People are really good with mouse and keyboard. It doesn't really matter to me. The whole point of playing Call of Duty is just to be comfortable with what you're doing. As long as it's not illegitimate. (laughs) As long as you're not hacking or using exploits. I don't care what you use. But yeah, that's just me. Alrighty, we've been talking for about an hour about Call of Duty. (laughs) And my unpopular opinions, by the way. I might get back into it later on, but who knows. 
there's always a chance for part twos for certain discussions. Just because, you know, we need to go back into them and add more details to it. But, anyhow, yeah, this is my long-winded rant on Call of Duty in general. Like, what are my favorites? What are the worst things about it? All that. I know I have a... I rant a lot about the community itself and casual Call of Duty. I hate that term. I hate the term casual now because every time I hear it, I'm thinking of Call of Duty and the community. I'm thinking, oh, God, toxic freaking nerds. So, this is going to conclude episode six of the podcast. If you want to interact with the Dirk Boy podcast, let me know. Go on Twitter, go on my Discord, contact me any way you want. If there's a subject you want to talk about or you want to get me suggestions on, please let me know. And if you want to interact with me on my streams as well as voice chat in my Discord, again, keep me informed. I am open-eared here, even though my character doesn't really have ears. I have holes in my head, but you know, (laughs) you know, dragons, right? Some dragons have ears, others don't. But anyway, a little off topic. This is the Dirk Boy Podcast talking about Call of Duty, and I hope you enjoyed the episode, and I will see you guys possibly next week or the week after that. All right, have a good day, everybody, and thank you for listening.